Chapter 6 The Blessed Hope by George C. Needham Whatever meaning we may put on the prophetic event introduced in the Scriptures as our Lord's second coming, we must observe that it is frequently specified as a hope. And as hope implies expectation, the conviction of something unfulfilled, that term alone designates the second coming as a future thing. Hope is the opposite of despair. It has a definite object in view, and as that object is understood at hand or remotely, the soul is swayed by delight or discouragement. The blessed hope and coming in glory of our Lord Jesus Christ should not be relegated to the regions of mystery. How can it be a hope of any value if it is some uncertain, indefinite, far away, and non essential theory that happened to drop into the Bible? In fifty-three places where hope is referred to in the divine word, it has special relation to future blessings that are to crown the Christian believer at the appearing of Jesus Christ. A few of these we might examine. 1. It is a blessed hope. Scripture, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13 a blessed hope means a happy one. The word refers to inward enjoyment apart from external environment. The expectations implied in such a hope make all present circumstances of trial or depression not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us, for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Romans 8:18 8, to 19. 2 it is a purifying hope. Scripture, and everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself, just as he is pure. 1 John 3 3. As linen bleaches under the sun, the light of this hope cleanses the life from the world's stains. It loosens the grasp from the things of earth. The man who has a magnificent mansion in some beautiful locality, and is only staying in a city hotel for a few days until he can go home, will not care to spend his time and money in elaborately decorating his temporary lodging in the strange city. If he purchases bric-a-brac or pictures, the thought in his mind is, I will take them home. So the Christian, who considers himself a pilgrim and a stranger here, will have little desire to spend his energies on things pertaining merely to the earthly, His city and his home lie beyond. His main concern will be to store up for himself treasures in heaven. Matthew 6 20. 3. It is a pacifying hope. Scripture. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts and then each man's praise will come to him from God. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it, until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. James 5, 7-8. In the power of this hope, all questions of provocation can be patiently laid aside, 
for the Lord to settle on his arrival. The child of God who is saturated with this hope will be willing to waive all rights of self-vindication, knowing that his labor of love and steadfastness of hope, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, will not go unrewarded. 4. It is a comforting hope. Scripture, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. The luster of this hope shines most conspicuously in the consolation it brings to those who are called to part with their loved ones by death. The unbelieving bury their dead without any certain or definite expectation of reunion. For in no human scheme of philosophy is the truth of a resurrection even hinted at. But the Scriptures definitely promise this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 The Apostle Paul, after explaining all this to the Thessalonian Christians, and showing them the immense advantage they had over the heathen who knew nothing about the coming in majesty of Jesus Christ or of the resurrection, adds finally, Therefore comfort one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 And 5. It is a glorious hope. Scripture, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory, by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Philippians 3.20-21 By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Hebrews 11, 17-19-35 This hope would be meaningless apart from the locality and the circumstances where it anchors itself. It leaps over time and space to the period when Jesus Christ will Himself be glorified as King of Kings according to the eternal purpose of the Father. Promises This blessed hope embraces several promised glories. 1. We will be with Christ, not as in death, when we are said to be unclothed and longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, 2 Corinthians 5, 2. In an actual sense, we will see Him just as He is, 1 John 3, 2, and will be ourselves like Him, personally and morally. 2. We will be beyond sinning. Now we groan for deliverance. Pain and the curse surround us. The consummation of that hope will bring full redemption to the body. And three, we will know as we are known. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, 
but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. 1 Corinthians 13.12 What joy to have the hope of one day being experts in all knowledge, to understand the mysteries of science, the marvels of astronomy, the secrets of nature, and the profound depths of the soul. What should be our present attitude? We should be looking for the blessed crisis, that is, expecting it with desire. We should be praying for it, and thereby seek to hasten it. We should anticipate its consummation by our endeavor of personal faithfulness toward all that it involves. We ought to be loving it. If we love the seed of Abraham, if we love the burdened brute creation, if we love the heathen Gentile nations who know nothing of a Savior, then we should joyfully welcome this hope for their sakes also. For it is the hope that will bring to the Jew his Messiah, to the creature his emancipation from man's exacting dominion, to mute nature her freedom from thorns and thistles, to the heathen idolater a knowledge of the true and living God, and to the waiting bride the personal presence of the heavenly bridegroom. Yes, it will bring to Jesus his kingdom, crown, and throne.